Hey there, I'm Grace. And I'm Amelia. And welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors. Have you thought about joining the community? We've created a membership for female aspiring and existing real estate investors. Included is a monthly masterclass from an industry expert, a monthly live Q&A with Amelia and I, and a community dashboard for networking and asking questions. Sign up at womeninvestinrealestate.com slash the community. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two. Today, we're going to talk about 10 steps to getting started in real estate investing. Yeah, let's start with number one. And I think this is really important. And it's kind of a step that a lot of investors forget Mm -hmm. when they're starting out is to define your why. And this is so important because this sets the standards of your journey and what that's going to look like. Right. Like people will message you and I on Instagram and say, I have a hundred K, what should I do with it? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you want? I don't know you. Do you want to do this passively? Are you trying to do this full time to get out of your W2? Do you want cash flow or do you want appreciation? Do you want to, like I said, be passive or fill every waking minute you have with real estate so that you can leave your job ASAP? Like that's what you need to figure out what you want, because there are so many different ways to invest in real estate. And without knowing what you're doing it for, it's impossible to decide what's the best strategy. And now that I'm thinking back on my journey, like, I don't think I ever sat down and necessarily like wrote out what my why is, but I would highly encourage you Mm -hmm. to do this. And just a little side note, you can find this free download that we're going to walk through on our website. So Mm -hmm. if you aren't able to take notes during this podcast, go to womeninvestinrealestate.com, enter in your email for this free 10 steps to get started in real estate download. And, but back to like my why I knew that I wanted to be full-time in real Mm -hmm. estate and quit my W2. So for me, my why was cash flow and passive income. Right. And just another example for maybe somebody who's on the opposite spectrum is Megan, who is at her Denver retreat. She loves her W2 and she actually really enjoys rehabbing. So her why and the deal that she's going to do is going to be a lot different. She's going to be okay with doing a slower rehab where she gets to enjoy it because she's not racing to quit her W2. So her deals are going to look way different than mine did when I first started where I was like, I want the grossest house so I can do the biggest rehab and get the most for my money. And then like another example might be, let's say you're a parent and you've got three young ones, but you have money sitting around to invest in real estate and you're just looking for another source of income. Maybe it's best for you to become a private money lender. So you don't have to lift a finger because you've got three kids. You've got a full-time job. You can't go racing over to a house to be gutting it and demoing every evening. And man, Managing tenants and contractors. Exactly. The whole rigmarole that comes with owning properties. Right. Yeah, definitely defining your why um, and having that written down somewhere is a really, really good starting place for investing. 
Absolutely. And then I think next up would be determining your competitive advantage. A lot of people want an answer on where they should invest. And really it comes down to where do you have a competitive advantage? Where's your network? Where do you know the market really well? Maybe it's somewhere you went to school that you grew up, that you travel a lot for work, or maybe you know a really great agent and contractor in a market already. So go to that market. Absolutely. And then also determining your competitive advantage can be more than just market based. Mm -hmm. It can also be do you have a husband or an uncle or, you know, a sister who's a general contractor? And can you use that expertise to your Mm -hmm. advantage? Also, if you're an industry expert of some sort, say you're a realtor or a property manager or appraisal appraiser, et cetera, you already have a leg up on everyday people who have no knowledge of real estate whatsoever. So really leveraging Mm -hmm. any sort of competitive advantage that you might have. And so one thing I would say is don't get caught up in flashy markets. People love to want to invest in Florida and Arizona in Tennessee, but if you don't have a competitive advantage there, those can be really tough competitive markets to get into. So focus on other things that are going to give you a like up. Yeah. And I would say like, for me, one of my competitive advantages was I started investing in my small hometown in Iowa. One, it was a low barrier to entry cost wise Two, I knew the market, like the back of my hand. And I knew Mm -hmm. that there was a housing shortage there. Yeah. It's not flashy. Yeah. These aren't a class luxury apartments, but I'm able to make a living off of these properties. And I also had my parents in that town. So I knew if emergencies came up, like I was going to have some boots on the ground that could get there in 10 minutes. Exactly. And I started the exact same way. The town I was born and raised in, I know it very, very well. And what you were saying about flashy, like no way in hell you will find granite in any of my rentals. Like, nope, it is a very Midwestern middle-class market, but it works really great for me. Who it wouldn't work for is somebody maybe from the coast who just thinks that I was a great place and they don't know anybody. They don't know the area. They don't know people who are bankers and appraisers and all that stuff where they should go is if they do decide they need to go out of state is somewhere they do have boots on the ground. They do know somebody who's in the market. So don't get caught up on what other people are doing and what markets are flashy. Really think about where can you make the biggest bang for your buck and where do you have a competitive advantage? Yes. So number three, and I'm so glad that I get to announce this one because this is, I'm so passionate about this is analyze your personal financial situation. I think this is such a basic necessity when you are deciding how to get started in real estate investing. I think it's very, very important to have a solid financial base, personal financial base, because you real estate investing is running a business. Mm -hmm. So if you can't manage your own finances, you are not going to be able to manage a business's finances, especially on the scale of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly. And, you know, we get people that message us and want to know how to get started with no money and, you know, lots of different things. And yes, you can get started with no money, but it's very, very difficult and it maybe is not the best situation. So a couple things that you could think about are budgeting. Do you have a personal budget? Do you know how to budget? Because with investing, you have to to budget. 
you budget rehabs, you budget capital expenses, you budget, you know, your mortgage payment, all of that stuff, everything. You have to know how to run the numbers and you don't have to be good at math necessarily. That's not what I'm saying. You have to know how to punch in those numbers into a spreadsheet and Mm -hmm. know what those numbers are telling you. Exactly. Another thing is funds. What you don't want to be caught doing in real estate is investing your last dollar in real estate. Because if something goes wrong and you don't have another dollar to pour into the project or to be your emergency buffer, that's a sticky situation. So you definitely want to make sure that you've got your own emergency fund and you have separate money that you're willing to invest. And the definition of investing is that you could lose it. So you have to know that. Of course, there's ways to be more and less risky, but just understanding that it might not be a good idea to put every dollar you have on the line. And understanding too, that if you're buying rental properties that are buy and holds and you are a landlord, you have people's lives in your hand. And if there, you know, if something goes wrong with the property, their heat goes out in the middle of the winter or a pipe burst, you need funds to be able to repair that property. Mm -hmm. That's where someone is living. And I think sometimes people don't necessarily understand the gravity of that or think through it. So like Grace said, if you're spending your last penny on purchasing a property and you have no sort of reserves, that is going to get you in hot water fast. Yeah. The great thing though, is you can always partner in real estate. So this might be a a point where you realize that you do need a partner and that's totally okay. Amelia and I have both partnered in multiple ways. We've partnered together. We've partnered with family members. We've partnered with friends and that's totally okay to realize that partnerships, hopefully are two brains are better than one. Absolutely. And one last thing with analyzing your personal financial situation, and I don't think we have this on here, but reach out to banks and see what you could even get pre-approved for. Good point. What, you know, they're going to be able to help you look through your financial situation and understand how much buying power you have. It's a waste of time to be looking at properties that you aren't even going to come close to qualifying for. So mm-hmm. kind of knowing, you know, how much buying power you have. And one last thing I want to add that's also not on this sheet is Amelia and I were both personally debt-free when we started investing. We made sure that we had any personal debt paid off. And so if you've got high interest credit cards or high interest car payment or something like that, it is going to make financial sense to take care of that first. Definitely. And it depends on your own personal situation, but I would recommend Mm -hmm. it. So number four is choose a strategy. There are a million different strategies in real estate. And within those strategies, there's a million more, but you're gonna probably come across one of six, which we have listed. And we'll go through those super quick. So the first one is buy and hold turnkey properties. So that's very, you know, it it is what it sounds like. It's where you buy a property that's already rent ready and you turn it into a rental. So needs very minimal work. And this is a really good approach for those type of people that don't have a lot of extra time on their hands to do rehabs and be managing contractors, but have some money to get started investing. Mm -hmm. And so this buy and hold method is a great one. Second method is flipping. This is great if you want to get a lot of cash at once, but it's important to remember that flipping is a machine. And if you stop feeding the machine, you won't get paid. So it's not a passive income like a rental property, but it is a great way to get some capital started. In fact, that's how Amelia actually got started. She flipped a house to get funds for rental properties. 
Yep. And I still entertain flipping every now and then, you know, if it's a cosmetic flip, but when you're first starting out, I would say try to stick to one or two strategies, but as you get more advanced, I think it's okay to dabble in a little bit here and there. Like I know Grace, you, you do some wholesaling, you know, some midterm rentals, burrs. So like you have a couple different tools in your toolbox. The third is wholesaling. This is good for people that maybe don't have a lot of funds mm-hmm. and want to build up their money. It's hard work though. That is one thing I do want to mention. I think a lot of people see wholesaling as kind of like a get rich quick or get money quick. But, oh my God, it's so much work to talk to sellers and actually get a house under contract and find a property. So wholesaling is basically when you put a property under contract and then you basically assign that contract to an end buyer and you make the difference in assignment price. Yep, I will say the concept of wholesaling is straightforward, but like Amelia said, putting it into practice can be a lot of hard work, but it could be a great way to get started if you're motivated and committed to putting in the time. Number four, you have short-term rental This is going to be a great way to get high cash flow. It is going to be a little bit more work because you are managing the hospitality aspect of it. So it could be great for somebody who's looking to get high cash flow right away, but also has the time to put into that extra management piece if you're not going to hire it out. The fifth is midterm rentals, which Grace and I both absolutely love. And we love it so much that we actually created a course about it. You can find that on our website under courses for midterm rentals. So basically what a midterm rental is, it's an in-between between a long-term rental and a short-term rental. So it's a furnished unit that generally is going to have 30 to 90 day leases. And a lot of people relate it to traveling nurses because those are most of our tenants are traveling nurses. So you definitely get a lot more in rent, but it is a little bit more work than a long-term rental would be. Mm -hmm. You also have to make sure that your market is good for midterm rentals. Last but not least, Probably my favorite strategy is a burr, and that is when you buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat on a property. This is how I got started. We put a bunch of money into fixing up a really gross property, and we were able to refinance all of our money back out, but in a way that we still had a great cash flowing property. So I definitely recommend if you've got one chunk of capital to get started, this is a great method to reuse that capital over and over. So number five is your crystal clear deal criteria. This can also be called your buy box. So basically what it is, is you need to set standards and a vision for your perfect deal and then start looking for properties that fall within that buy box. Mm-hmm. This is a really important step because a lot of investors will get analysis paralysis, but if you have specific criteria in mind and you say, okay, if I find a property that falls within this, like I'm making an offer, then you don't have a choice, you know, you have a choice, but it's a way for you to like really hold yourself accountable and say, okay, here's what I said I was looking for. If I find something like that, I'm going to make an offer. And some of those things are going to be asset class rehab level location and other deal markers such as cash on cash, ROI, or cap rate. So an example that I used to find one of my deals was I said, I'm looking for a five to 10 unit 
in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area, I want it to be in a B-class neighborhood with a value add opportunity. And that is crystal clear. So I know exactly what opportunities I'm looking for and I'm not wasting time looking at deals that don't match that criteria. And again, if you're, you know, if your goal or your why or strategy is for cash flow because you want to quit your job, make sure you're also obviously analyzing the cash flow of the property. So you know, like the bare minimum cash flow that you're looking to get out of something that you purchase. Number six is, are you going to invest locally or out of state? And there are pros and cons to both. I like to say that local investing is easier to get started, but harder to systemize because you get caught up in doing the day-to-day things and driving over there to fix X, Y, and Z. Whereas out-of-state investing can be really hard to get up and running and to get under control. But once you do, it can run like a well-oiled machine because you are not doing anything but managing the people in place. So back to when we were talking about your competitive advantage, if your market's really expensive and you have no sort of competitive advantage there, what's stopping you from going out of state and looking for a competitive advantage or something else in that market? Mm -hmm. And so like Grace said, sometimes out-of-state investing can be a really good opportunity because it forces you to put systems in place that you might might not otherwise have to if you're investing locally. All right. Number seven is DIY or hire out. So this is a huge decision for your real estate business. And just because you pick maybe DIY to begin with, obviously that doesn't mean that you're stuck with DIYing forever. You definitely can hire out in the future. Mm -hmm. And I would also say like, if you're not already a handy person, I maybe wouldn't necessarily try to learn DIY on a rehab. Yeah, that can be really tough. It can be very tough and it can be very time consuming. I will say like you could go for a cosmetic where you can just paint and right add some new hardware. That's definitely something you can learn, but not a gut or something like that. No, that's something you can ease into. Yeah. So a couple of things to like, think about when you're deciding between DIY or hire out one is obviously, do you have the time and energy to even DIY? Do you have a really demanding full-time job that is taking up most of your Mm -hmm. time and energy? Maybe hiring it out is the better option. Number two is, do you have the funds to hire out all of the work? Grace and I both started as DIY investors because we were running on a limited budget Mm -hmm. and we wanted to save money in the rehab aspect of it by doing it ourselves. And then the third one is obviously location. If you're investing out of state, you're probably not going to be able to DIY it and you will have to hire it out. Whereas if you're investing locally, you're probably going to have a choice. So just make sure that you're thinking about the bigger picture when you decide which one to go with. And like always, I would always recommend to start with a cosmetic upgrade when you are doing your first rehab. Number eight is some book recommendations. So as you may know, Bigger Pockets has some amazing real estate books. Some great ones we would recommend is How to Invest in Real Estate, Long Distance Real Estate Investing by David Green and the book on rental property investing by Brandon Turner. And Amelia and I always talk about how if you can just read and absorb knowledge, you can really learn real estate very quickly. So 
We have both done our fair share of reading tons of books and listening to tons of other resources. And we recommend that you do too. Absolutely. I was a self-taught investor. And so all of the knowledge that I gained to begin with was free Mm -hmm. or, you know, very minimal investment through books or podcasts, et cetera, and YouTube. So you can learn so much just by reading a $15 book. And moving into that, number nine on how to get started is listening to podcasts. So these are free resources and you can really absorb so much knowledge. Obviously, I'm sure we have all heard of the Bigger Pockets podcasts. There's the OG Bigger Pockets podcast and then also the Rookie podcast. And these are just a wealth of information about real estate investing and listening to other people's stories. There's also Think Like a CEO, which is Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And they talk all about business strategies, hiring and developing a team. And the final one is TED Business. And this is, you know, a TED Talk podcast, essentially. Everybody loves a good TED Talk. So there's all sorts of free resources out there. And then number 10, of course, join our WIRE community. It is called The Community, and it consists of a monthly masterclass from an industry expert a monthly Q&A that's live with Amelia and I and a community dashboard where you can network and ask all your burning questions. And this is for women in real estate. It is a very low cost way to get so much knowledge and get to meet other female investors. So we highly recommend. Yep. And you can sign up for the community on our website at womeninvestinrealestate.com. And additionally, if you aren't able to take notes during this podcast and you want to download our free template of 10 steps to get started in real estate investing, you can also find that on our website. All right. Thank you. We hope you've got all you need to get started. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at wire with two eyes dot community.